Hello and welcome to Pubcast, brought to you by Pubmatic and the Drum, a podcast series that will seek to answer the question, what's the future of programmatic? I'm Charlotte McKelleny, publisher of the Drum and your host for the next three episodes. So today we're going to get to grips with a really important media channel that's growing faster and faster every day. That's OTT or video streaming. Even before some of the world's largest markets went into a version of a lockdown due to the coronavirus pandemic, streaming video was becoming mainstream anyway as a way to access content. Um, So today we'll be speaking to Pubmatic's Chief Revenue Officer for APAC, Jason Barnes, about what the industry needs to know about this important topic. And then we'll be joined by Janice Lee, CEO of leading OTT Platform View, and she'll be telling us about the challenges, opportunities, and all the lessons that she's learned along the way. Now, in this podcast, we'll talk about OTT, Um, This is an acronym that describes a way of delivering streaming content over the top. So that's content that's streamed through the internet. It bypasses things like cable or or satellite. And within that, there's different business models to support that. So both advertising or subscription models. And they have really nice acronyms because the industry loves an acronym. So AVOD or SVOD. Um, We'll be talking about AVOD primarily, so advertising, and peering into the future of that, um, and particularly into programmatic and and how that plays into the future of streaming. So first of all, hello, Jason, and welcome to the first episode. Hi, Charlotte. Uh, How are you? Nice to be here with you, Janice, and the drum audience. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, So I think a good place to start is just to give us a bit of an intro into Pubmatic and, and particularly what you guys do in this OTT space. Sure. So Pubmatic, we're a leading global SSP, a supply side platform. Uh, Our mission basically is to deliver superior revenue for publishers. And we think the best way we do that is by providing our advertisers with the best possible ROI on their programmatic buyers. Uh, Also, importantly, we're independent uh, and we're omni-channel. That omni-channel part, obviously, uh, critical to the discussion today. So we're investing very heavily in OTT. Uh, The end of 2019 and 2020, it is our number one investment area for our organization. So that has really led through our header bidding product. Uh, We have a pre-bid-based OTT header bidding product, which we're launching soon. Uh, So yeah, very excited to be here. Given that it's your, you know, one of your biggest investments, we should just jump jump right into talking about it a little bit more. Um, yeah. So a lot of focus is being put on this topic um, into video streaming and OTT, not only by yourselves, um, but what's the, the reality of this opportunity of, as far as you're concerned? Well, OTT video streaming uh, certainly booming at the moment, I think both from a consumer consumption perspective as well as advertising revenue. Uh, the biggest driver of this growth really uh, is changes in consumer video consumption. So increasingly video is being consumed online, uh, especially amongst younger audiences. We find there are still uh, the older consumers that are focusing on traditional media. And I think uh, this is really comes to light. We have a look. There's a great report. Uh, you should look it up uh, from eMarketer called the Global Media Intelligence Report. Uh, that showed 94% of Indians streamed uh, video on-demand content, uh, 80% of Australians and 81 percent of Singaporeans. So really gives you a sense of how many of the individuals in these countries are looking at VOD. Now, those numbers would have been obviously unheard of uh, 12 or 24 months ago. And what about post-coronavirus? What does the context of that do to these stats? And now post-COVID, I think we're seeing even an accelerated uh, viewership uh, of these services uh, due to isolation measures, obviously, everyone's sitting around at home. And I'm sure you've read about uh, all these massive increases in Netflix subscriptions, for example, and I sincerely hope that our Asian equivalents, such as View, are seeing similar growth uh, in this region. 
And you know, in addition to that, unfortunately, we've seen unemployment happening uh, and there's a lot of financial constraint, I think, amongst consumers. So uh, something we're seeing is uh, consumers moving away from uh, paid TV subscriptions and rather exploring those advertising-based uh, AVOD uh, options, uh, as you defined a little earlier. Uh, and they're getting their premium viewing fix in those environments. And what about the advertiser side? What are the trends there? On the advertising side, uh, Equally, I think the opportunity is huge, uh, and the reason being we now have these scaled audiences uh, within the OTT environment, they're highly engaged, uh, it's a premium environment, and there's also the targeting capabilities that have traditionally been associated with digital advertising. So that combination is quite unique, and it's offering a whole new channel for brands and advertisers to explore. Um, but certainly the economic impact from the pandemic uh, has seen a steep decline in, in budgets. There's no doubt about that. OTT was hit heavily. Uh, but I think the bounce back will be equally sharp as well. Um, I think when we come back, marketers will be more keen to buy more on a spot basis rather than committing to large upfronts or longer contracts that they see on linear TV. So, it, I mean, it sounds like the audience is there. Those stats are pretty staggering. Um, it, does the money follow the viewership in, in OTT? What, what's your view on that? Yeah, I think we're getting there. I think the the money certainly is increasing. There's no doubt. Um, prior to the pandemic, uh, OTT spend was was growing at a rapid pace. Certainly, and interestingly, uh, the Trade Desk, uh, the leading global demand side platform, uh, had their earnings call last week. So good to get some insight there. That actually planned on seeing a hundred percent growth in OTT spend on their platform 2019 to 2020. So that gives you a sense of uh, how fast that growth was. Uh, they've had to scale that back, obviously, but they. Saw that in April uh, there was already a 20% year-on-year growth. So even with that decline due to uh, COVID, there's a 20% uh, sorry increase year-on-year in CTV spend on their platform. So uh, you can see there's significant growth still even after the impacts of COVID. What are the specific challenges for buyers? One is um, cross-platform measurement uh, standardization. So I think as an industry, uh, we really need to agree on what measurement we use, how to measure, uh, and come up with a common set of metrics that works consistently across all the vendors, platforms, and third parties. Uh, The good news is people like Nielsen, Comscore, and the MRC are certainly working on this, but we're not there quite yet. Um, Australia, I think, is really the right direction uh, or or good uh, example to look at. Uh, They've launched a product called VOZ, uh, which stands for Virtual Australia. So they've actually combined the traditional TV measurement tool, OzTam, with digital measurement from Nielsen and created this single methodology for cross-screen campaign planning, for forecasting, analysis, audience segmentation. So I think that's most definitely the right direction to go uh, in. Um, so perhaps a lot harder for fragmented markets like Southeast Asia, but definitely something for us to aspire to. And um, I think the uh, there's also a structural challenge as well, uh, and that's partly around, you know, a lot of parts of Asia, the TV buyer is still king within the agencies, and they've had these very long and deep relationships with broadcasters uh, buying linear TV. So OTT is seen as a bit of a threat to them and sometimes marginalized. So we haven't seen that flow of TV revenue through to OTT. Um, the digital buyers, on the other hand, have been buying YouTube for years. Uh, it works really well for them. Uh, they've often been paying quite low CPMs for it. I think that OTT is still finding its value prop uh, to buyers and brands. I think it's just part of the transition we're going through and we'll, we'll get there eventually. I and mean, it's, it's always interesting to look at some of the stuff that the Australian market's doing. I feel like they're, they're quite an interesting market to look to in terms of um, 
kind of the maturity of these things. And we'll go into some de- sort of depth around some of these things when we bring Janice in. But I just wanted to ask you, you know, what, what can publishers do to mitigate some of these things? Um, you know, what are some of the tools and tech that they can be using right now? Yeah, I'm sure Janice will have some great insight into this. From uh, my opinion on what publishers can do, so I think it's very much about the consumer experience and trying to provide the best possible uh, experience to what they used to on TV. And uh, from a sort of advertising perspective, that needs to be um, exactly the same as well. So uh, what I'm talking about is is ads that load really smoothly, uh, having high quality ad creative that matches the quality of the content that they're watching. Uh, Also making sure that, you know, ads don't run back to back, that there's things like competitive exclusions in place. So these are technical things, but um, they are what help that uh, experience be as good on an OTT uh, environment. And I think that all leads down the path really to viewers being put uh, front and center and making them the most important stakeholder in the advertising ecosystem. Other things that they can do, uh, I think they need to implement a programmatic strategy. So uh, in order to maximize the, the value of their content, there's you know, obviously a lot of money moving into programmatic, um, and I think uh, to increase yields, uh, ideally what publishers should do is have a unified auction where they are having their direct buys that their sales team are selling and the programmatic competing in a single auction, and that drives up the CPMs. Um, I think making the uh, inventory as valuable as possible to advertisers and for programmatic, that means uh, having all the parameters in place, having low latency, um, and then also working with partners who can offer you know, optimization. And the final thing um, I think is definitely uh, implementing header bidding. Uh, so for publishers, it's, it really will be a big win for these OTT publishers. Uh, we've seen the introduction of header bidding for display, which has been around for many years now, brought great gains as far as monetization and workflow efficiency. And I think it'll do the same for video. Uh, CTV uh, header bidding is definitely in its nascency, so it's it's still quite early days. Uh, Pubmatic, we're very much at the forefront of that. We have an initial release of our OTT header bidding product in APAC, so we're testing it. Um, so yeah, OTT header bidding is here, it's now. I think it'll uh, bring a lot of value to both publishers and buyers alike. For me, it's it's always an exciting time in the industry when a channel's got so much potential, particularly, as you say, these, these trials are happening and, and new ways to monetize it. Um, and I think to get through these challenges a bit faster, we, we kind of had to put our heads together as an industry. Um, so it's important that we have people like Janice joining us today. So we've got Janice Lee from View. Um, as I said, she's sort of CEO of, of View, which is a really exciting platform, really great originals content. Um, thanks for joining us, Janice. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Jason. Um, so Janice, how is View different from other players in the market? Yeah, so let me first introduce uh, View a bit. So we started View um, at the end of 2015, beginning of 2016. Uh, we are an OTT um, streaming platform. Uh, we also offer download. We operate in 16 markets, primarily in Southeast Asia, um, now with over 40 million uh, monthly active users. Um, we operate on quite a unique um, dual revenue platform. So we have an app-supported tier as well as a premium subscription tier. Um, in the beginning, um, years back when we first launched, while we feel um, there is great potential in the asphalt and the subscription market, um, markets in Southeast Asia are actually very diverse. Affordability, data charges, um, all have to be taken into consideration when pricing for asphalt model. But we do feel that there is increasing, there has been increasing uh, consumption um, uh, for video on the internet. And we really should capture the opportunity and also offer um, the app supported tier, which um, in the end, um, 
has done very well for us. Um, almost, you know, 50% of our revenue comes from ads and 50% comes from uh, subscription. And the um, AVOT business, uh, as we've seen, um, has been burgeoning, uh, especially while digital advertising has been uh, growing uh, in the last eight to 10 years. Video advertising really is what the new brand owners uh, are looking for. Um, and in you know transforming their whole marketing solution, I think video-centric um, uh, delivery, video-centric sites, and uh, View being one of the largest platforms that have a concentration of uh, premium video um, inventory, uh, it's really uh, helped us, right? It's serving that market segment. I mean, you see a lot of people moving from linear and into you know, into, into new services, what can, you know, publishers like you do to attract those or retain those audiences? Yes, I think, you know, first of all, consumers are really there for the content. So whether um, they were or had been watching content on linear, whether they're moving towards, you know, AVOD or FVOD streaming services, it's really about what content you provide um, over the platform. We uh, provide uh, very popular Asian content, including a lot of uh, Korean content. It, we did a survey, um, and we do this every year, a large percentage, um, over 80% um, of uh, viewers who stream uh, content, especially TV series on the internet, do watch um, some Korean content. And we've seen the growth on that. Um, and we're not singularly uh, about Korean content. We, we provide a lot of Asian content, including Japanese, uh, Chinese, Hong Kong produced content. But in recent years, we've actually been producing new originals in local languages, whether in Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand, uh, Singapore, etc. And we do feel that providing and uh, producing our own IPs gives more and other opportunities to brand owners to participate in our platform. Again, you know, programmatic is a really important part of our revenue stream for AVOD, but uh, for us as a platform, we have to offer different levels of engagement with our advertisers and being able to offer a full slate of solution running from programmatics to sponsorship opportunities to product placement into a more integrated concept into our view originals are have been important. I guess a key question is kind of how do you balance um, that experience with the monetization? So how do these things play together? Yes, that's a really great question. We have to do this in a very relevant and appropriate way because the last thing you want is really to, to offer a very interruptive experience as viewers uh, watch uh, their favorite show. Right? And these are often the 45 minute to an hour shows. So one is um, doing the insertion smartly. Of course, there's a lot that we do um, with our um, advertising platforms in terms of the app insertions um, from data analytics and how to analyze our content, finding um, the right place to insert the ads. Second is um, also there's an editorial layer that we put on top of that. And thirdly, um, it is about relevance of the particular ads to the viewer as well. So now that we have over 40 million users, we can do a lot more segmentation. We can we have a lot more data analytics that help our advertisers place their ads against the right audience. And that is oftentimes the best type of advertising you can do. It's not just about the reach, but about um, offering that ad to a very specific, uh, appropriate target audience. 
Um, I think, uh, yeah, relevancy, I totally agree with Janet. I think relevancy is really uh, the key here um, to improving viewer experience. Um, you know, ideally, I don't want to see uh, female shampoo ads shown to me, rather show me uh, something that stops my hair thinning. Um, but I think the great thing behind that is uh, the knock-on benefit is that brands are willing to pay more to reach their target audiences effectively uh, and any ways to minimize wastage. So publishers therefore make a higher yield. So better user experience uh, and more money for the publishers, I think. So win-win. No, absolutely. I was going to say, and I can imagine you have a, point, a viewpoint on that, Jason, given that, that programmatic has its place in, in creating kind of relevancy and targeting. I mean, so generally, Jason, do you have thoughts on, on how programmatic fits into that, that experience of advertising? Yeah, I think, I think it's this, uh, the digital um, targeting, which in digital advertising generally has been such a key part of it. So I think the ability for us to find that user uh, understand what it is that they're watching uh, and target the correct ad to them. I think that's what makes it less interruptive. And I think viewers more willing to watch ads is when they're seeing an ad that is relevant or a series of ads that are totally relevant to them. Uh, it just makes that experience far better. I think seeing irrelevant ads uh, shown at you time and time again uh, is probably one of the most frustrating viewer experiences that you can get. And Janice, I know you've been investing a little bit more in, in your originals. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so as I mentioned, apart from the uh, licensed content that we have, which appeals to a very pan-regional audience, we also uh, recognize that we have to be locally relevant. And, you know, everything is about local relevancy, including the ads to that. One is that, of course, um, whether it's, it's from the casting to the story, it appeals um, to the market. While some of the content, for example, that we produce out of Thailand, such as a, a recent show uh, that we're launching called The Bubble Tea, it um, appeals to uh, multi-territory because the cast, while uh, being a, a, a Thai talent, he's actually um, a very... Um, big celebrity in Korea, therefore also has that regional appeal. But in having and being able to create our own content allows us um, to layer and marketing solutions for our advertisers. So definitely, as I mentioned, programmatic is important to us because every year in 2019, you know, our video views grew by over you know, 60, 70%. And so with that huge volume of inventory, we do need to work with people like Pubmatic to be able to monetize um, our inventory um, effectively. But apart from that, we also want to grow a deeper relationship with our advertisers, understanding more about their brand, what they want to achieve. And as you see, you know, there, there are the, the native digital advertisers, and then there are the brands um, who move from linear or from traditional TV over, right, to, to the OTT or digital platform. And they really want different levels of, of um, brand engagement, including opportunities to integrate their brand concepts into content in a relevant, not an intrusive way. So some of the things we've done is um, we've produced a show called No Sleep, No FOMO, so no fear of missing out, 60 hours of no sleeping, 60 tasks, um, to complete, uh, we worked with um, FWD, an insurance company, um, whose whole brand um, thesis is around um, living life um, to the fullest. Right, so we could integrate that into our, pr our production very seamlessly because our challenges are very adventurous. They, they, it is very competition based, and being able to create content allows us to to layer that um, 
with our advertisers. But of course, at the end of the day, there has to be great content. We always start with you know a, a great story, um, and that is really the central um, to to what we try to produce. The idea of uh, not sleeping for sixty hours scares me, <laughs> <laughs> and doing a whole lot of tasks as well. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't even probably speak at that stage. Um, now, Jason, I wanted to ask you because you know if you've got producers like uh, you investing a lot of money in, in new content and things like that, we want to limit the barriers of, of investment into that, um, particularly you know at the moment. So, what are the barriers to you know using this this particular medium more widely for advertising, and how do we overcome them? Yeah, sure. We um, actually commissioned some research a little earlier this year uh, with Forrester Consulting, and it, it uh, focused uh, quite a bit around CTV. Um, so a few interesting um, bits of info came out of that. Uh, firstly, uh, we saw publishers are leaning into video header bidding. They they see the benefits of it. But uh, a third of the people that were interviewed found it challenging to implement, uh, especially in a cross-platform environment. So I think as technology partners, we really need to offer implementation support, guidance, and consulting, and then offer ongoing support as well to all of those OTT partners to try and overcome this barrier. Um, I think scale uh, also certainly a barrier at the moment. So uh, CTV is in a fairly early in its adoption curve, uh, but COVID-19, as I mentioned a little earlier, certainly helping this and we're seeing viewership increasing drastically. So I'm hoping that perhaps by the end of this year, we're going to start seeing uh, the numbers creeping a little closer to uh, linear TV um, and that may overcome this problem. I think header bidding adoption uh, is still quite low as well. So this uh, is a, a little bit of a challenge. We're seeing some of the large global TV and CTV buyers like Finecast, for example. It's part of Group M and they help the Group M brands target audiences across linear and streaming services. Uh, they're seeing header bidding as their preferred way to access OTT and CTV inventory. So I think we need to be cognizant of that and uh, try and meet their needs. Finally, um, the point I'd make um, around what publishers can do, um, I think... Uh, Video viewership is increasingly fragmented. There's so many you know, new platforms and great platforms out there and buyers inherently are looking for efficiency as well. So I think it's starting to move us towards uh, more omni-channel platforms, which I think is a little easier for holistic audience and media management for the agencies. So I think that'll also help the money flow into this new channel. And kind of just, I guess, drawing a little bit more on that, I know that when I speak to Sort of brands and advertisers and they're looking at where they should invest their money that obviously scales a bit a big factor so you know we're seeing lots of lots of audience coming to this and that's that's box tick number one but what are the other unique opportunities in ott versus perhaps other channels from from your point of view like what, why is it different and why should people be looking at it from my side i think you know there's sort of one or two quite uh, obvious or simple things. One is the quality of the environment. So I think uh, these are really high quality environments, uh, superb content, uh, beautifully curated. And I think that is quite unique when you compare it to some of the experiences uh, that we see on, say, desktop or mobile. Um, and also the length of engagement. I think uh, in these sorts of environments, people tend to engage uh, over very long periods of time when you have this great content that Janice ran us through a little earlier. I think you can see the audiences being on there for long periods of time. And I think these are quite unique and uh, very powerful uh, attributes. Janice, do you, do you have thoughts on, on that difference? So uh, well, the way I see it is intrinsically, um, while uh, Jason mentioned earlier, you know, measurement um, is is not standardized. Yes, I, I think we're looking for a more common currency that agencies and advertisers can rely on. Um, however, um, by nature, uh, OTT or digital platform offers a lot more measurements 
of effectiveness offers better, in some ways, return on investment, much more measurable, just because we're not a pure, we're not a broadcast platform. So historically, um, most of the time is basically, you know, by sampling, um, et cetera, that delivers, um, it does deliver a common currency that agencies and advertisers can rely on. But what OTT and digital platforms can offer is much more targeted uh, type of buys. And uh, like I mentioned, um, we are also an advertiser, so I can speak sort of with, with two hats on, which is with uh, machine learning, uh, with a lot of data analytics, now that we have data of uh, more than 40 million users, we can learn from uh, how to acquire uh, users with higher yield. And then we can use that and use predictive lifetime model and work with um, people like Pubmatic, work with um, other platforms to ensure that uh, when we do our performance marketing, we are really trying to lower um, our cost of acquisition. At, or on, on the other hand, acquiring more precisely the high value customers that we know are lookalike um, of um, our high yield viewers on our platform. And these are the things that traditional platform had not been able to offer before. So while, you know, I do recognize that we still have some ways to go in terms of finding um, a common denominator or, or a common sets of metrics uh, that agencies and, and advertisers will feel comfortable um, to, to look at across the board. Uh, I do feel that there are already very unique opportunities that do come with being able to engage and buy um, on digital platforms. Yeah, I mean, in, in digital, we're, we're quite guilty of kind of reinventing the wheel each time, which is a good thing because, you know, it's constantly innovating. There's constantly exciting new things to look at. But as you say, sometimes, particularly in, in, in areas like planning, planning and buying, where you're looking for efficiencies and comparisons and, and best practice, um, you kind of look to what's happened before, or at least sort of similar things to compare. Um, so I guess we, the question for me is, you know, what becomes more important, buying against content like TV or, or buying against audience like, like digital? Jason, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? Yes. Um, look, I'll be a little bit of a fence-sitter and say I think ideally it's a combination of the two. Uh, we've spoken often in digital advertising, the, the sort of holy grail is the right person at the right time in the right place. So it's a combination of these that can make the advertising the most effective. Um, but one of, one of the great things that we're seeing with regards to uh, targeting by content uh, with OTT and programmatic is uh, we are now passing genre uh, in the bid stream uh, with many of our key DSPs. So it means the buyer can now see uh, past in the bid stream what the genre of content is that is being watched by the viewer and then that can help inform their bidding strategy in real time. Uh, so I think this is, uh, you know, really helping buyers a lot and helping publishers as well by giving them, uh, you know, higher yields off of this targeted advertising. And Janice, do you do you have thoughts about about this particular question? Yeah. So if we take buying against audience and the broader sense of the word, I do feel um, in some ways it does come first um, uh, from the broader definition that you, you, I think you have to get in front of the right audience. Um, and then you can buy you know, against audience from a performance marketing point of view. But even as we do, as I mentioned, an important part of what we do is offering content um, by association, by integrating um, advertisers brands and concepts into our product and our content. But it has to start with um, putting that in front of the right audience. So I do feel uh, in the broader sense, audience um, and uh, it, it definitely does come first. Uh, but 
uh, when we do offer a solution, it would entail both uh, buying against audience uh, through, uh, you know, we offer it through programmatic platforms as well as through uh, whether it's premium sales, sponsorships, uh, and integrated uh, marketing solutions uh, through to our content. Okay, now before we finish up, I'm actually going to ask us to use our imaginary crystal balls and, and gaze into the future um, and just have a think about what does the future hold for this. Um, Jason, kind of what, what's your thoughts on where this is all going? Well, I think it's a, a bright and sunny future, most definitely, uh, in the uh, medium and long term, let's say, um, uh, and short term. I think things are starting to look up. My view is we're at quite a major inflection point right now, I think similar to what we experienced in 2008 during the global financial crisis. So 2008 was uh, fascinating when we look, at, look back at it. Um, you know, marketers' budgets were very heavily slashed and they all started looking for some more measurable and performance-based advertising channels. Uh, and we saw many, many marketers moving into programmatic advertising. Uh, and effectively, they've never looked back. Uh, it was one of the key growth drivers for programmatic, uh, and we've seen it growing strongly ever since. Um, COVID-19, I think, is having a very similar impact. Uh, so budgets are being slashed across the board. Um, I think when we think of traditional TV buyers, uh, they're starting to look at OTT as an alternative channel to reach their audiences in a more flexible and a cost-effective way. And as I said, I think the bounce back um, after this is going to be uh, quite sharp as well in a positive way uh, for OTT. So I think great news for both OTT and programmatic advertising uh, and the future is bright. So right now, as you know, many businesses, a lot of uh, people out there are having uh, a difficult and very challenging time. Um, but we did see during this period, it accelerated um, the behavior change. We've seen this um, gradual uh, but very fast-paced change in the last few years as well uh, of audience watching more content um, online, whether it's through connected TV, desktop, mobile ads, uh, various connected devices. But certainly, this these last few months, the change has been very immense. Um, there's a report out from uh, Media Partners Asia. They did a survey um, between January, end of January to I think almost mid-April. And they looked at the viewer usage, right? And video consumption uh, online. And across the board, they saw an aggregate increase of over 60% across Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, and Singapore. Um, on the view platform, we've actually seen even greater um, increase in consumption. Now, of course, the reality is um, advertisers have been holding back in the last few months and understandably so. But I do believe the silver lining is that um, the behavior isn't going to go back. Um, people actually have adopted right this, this behavior. They've been actually very hungry for content since we all uh, have been much more, you know, we are homebound um, in a lot of sense. And that behavior is not going to go away. It's not a bubble. It's something that will sustain. So when the market recovers, I do feel things will normalize um, and advertisers will come back. And I think we're more ready than ever um, to continue to serve both our audience and our advertisers. I completely agree. And I think the message to, to advertisers to look at this increase in consumption and think about how their strategy fits into it is, is something that's sort of 
you know worth talking about um, there's a lot of studies out there that that show that if you invest in your brand at this time you come out of it stronger than ever um, so thank you to both of you for looking into your crystal balls I think a lot of people wish they had some crystal balls right now so, so thanks for that um, and just thank you for joining us so thanks to Jason Barnes um, Chief Revenue Officer for Asia Pacific at Pubmatic and Janice Lee Chief Executive Officer of VIEW join us next month where we'll be discussing the future of programmatic once again Thank <music> you.